Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Binge Town TV. We are back with our coverage of Showtime's Dexter New Blood with episode 10 season finale titled Sins of the Father. Today, we are joined by a very special guest, executive producer and director of the finale, as well as many other episodes this season, Marco Siega. Marcos, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, thank you, guys. Thanks for having me on. You know, I spent a lot of time traveling, so I sample a lot of podcasts. And um, I kind of became aware of yours when you started doing this season of Dexter. But uh, you guys are really good. Thank you. I appreciate that. Wow. Thanks. We were so happy to be able to cover this show. We were huge fans of the original. So when we found out that it was coming out, we said we were 100% covering it. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So a little bit about us. There's actually seven of us on this podcast. So I've we noticed. Cover, yeah. Yeah. I've listened we, to the other ones. Yeah. Yeah. So we cover a, a lot of different shows because there's seven. But this is the only one I've ever done with just another person. And it happens to be my brother. Mm. So this was a fun one for us. We had an absolute blast covering this one. That's great. That's really great. Yeah. We are so thankful to be able to talk to you literally yeah. the day after the finale aired. It's yep. another polarizing finale. If anybody listens to our podcast, they know that me and Kathleen are going to be big on this finale. Yeah, you know, the way it ended, we kind of assumed that this is how it needed to go. The trajectory of Dexter's character. But again, there is a lot of Dexter fans back and forth. Some loved it, some hated it. So we're so thankful to be able to get your opinions, to be able to talk to you literally the day after. Yeah. Well, I love it. There's my, there's my opinion. But, you know, look, yeah, it's uh it's polarizing. It's funny. I was talking to uh, Michael, um, you know, Dexter, Michael, <laughs> we all, uh, we, we were preparing ourselves on Saturday for what the reaction would be. Cause we've been so in a bubble, so inside of it and so proud of it. Mm-hmm. It kind mm-hmm. of hit us after the reaction to episode nine seemed to be so overwhelmingly positive. And I called him and I was like, dude, we have just set ourselves up for giant like lashbacks. Yes. yes. They're going to just come at us because I started to just kind of dissect what people were saying. And it was, Oh my God, we didn't realize we wanted the show back. And now we've had such an amazing fun time whatever their justifications for liking it. Right. But, right. Right. But they didn't know it was coming. And then I kept thinking, and now they're going to take it away from us. <laughs> There's no good ending. In, There's no in the of, of some, uh, some fans. This is closure. Yes. Uh, yes. I'm not happy about it. It's not like we're like, we want to kill this guy. It's just, it's kind of, it's what it needs to be. This yes. is what it needs yes. to be. Yes. Yeah, so so, I said it so many times on the podcast. Of course, I don't want, our boy Dexter yes. to be gone, of course. But it's just like you said, the way it has to be. I keep bringing up Breaking Bad and Kathleen hasn't even seen it, but it, it, they <laughs> came out around the same time. And it's, it's a similar thing where two antiheroes and, you know, one show went one way, one show went the other way. Clyde Phillips has said in an interview, he said, like, the smart hardcore fans are going to understand that this was inevitable. But then there's going to be the fans that just are so mad that there's no chance Dexter will come back because he's dead that they're going to be upset. They're going to hate season eight's finale, the series quote unquote finale because of the way it went. But then because it was open-ended, these types of fans are saying that they like it better because it's open-ended and maybe Dexter will come back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You can't Um, win. I understand that. You know, I'm more interested in addressing some of the 
because everyone's entitled to their opinions. And I, I don't get mad even when, you know, I, I open up my, um, my Instagram on Sunday morning and it's, uh, it's like 180 direct message requests. And the very first one is, uh, can I curse on this thing? Yes, of course. Okay. <laughs> okay. The very first one is, uh, fuck you. You should have taken the bullet. Never Jeez. direct anything again, you piece of shit. And I was like, I was in bed, you know, it was early. It was like 5.30 in the morning. And I was like, oh my God, that's number one. That's <laughs> yes. the first one. Wow. And as a human being, it's like, bing, ow, that hurt, that hurt. Yeah. Ah, you know, but I'm not mad at it because it's because they love it so much. Right, <laughs> right. <that Correct>. they, <laughs> and people don't know how to express themselves. I really, and I, I'm not talking down to that. I, I, I mean it, like you get emotional and you we're taking, we are taking something away in some ways from them. They feel ownership over. I think if they were part of the process with us, they'd understand. They sure. go, I love this character more than any diehard fan. Michael, mm-hmm. why would he come back? Mm-hmm. He yeah. loves it more than anything. Uh, that profound disappointment that people feel, and then there's a need to sort of just be mean. You know, it's unfortunate, but I'm not, I don't get mad at it. I'm more interested in addressing uh, things that we could have done better or answering questions that people have where I think they didn't get it or they missed it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's that whole M99 debate. You yes, know? yes. We're, we're not stupid. Yes. We have an answer for everything because at least everything I've been seeing online, because think about it, we're creating the thing. Right, right. right. Uh, we made <laughs> yeah. it the first time around. It's not like it was like, oh, shit. Uh, it's a pretty, that's a pretty big oversight, right? Right. If you were to miss it. Uh, And then there's a, are you rushing through the finale? Well, look, we're given 10 episodes to conclude this. There's a propulsion to it. We had some slower builds at the beginning, but it needs that. If it Mm -hmm. comes out of the gate as a rocket ship, I don't think it would have been received the way it was. That slow build is part of like, it's that roller coaster, right? You're kind of ticking up to that top, ticking, 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 and people are investing we're introducing new characters. We had a world to set up. Of course. Uh, then you get to a turning point and it's moving. But mm-hmm. then you got you to gotta get to it. And we, look, Clyde said something to me back in season two. The first episode I directed, he was like, um, I had a question about something. And it was little Chino. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember this yes. character. And I don't remember the specific event, but my thing was, I literally was standing there in the production meeting, we hadn't gotten to shooting yet. And I said, this is unrealistic. This moment does not seem, oh, you know what it was? Dexter is running away from his posse and you cut to him in a sewer. Mm-hmm. And um, and I'm like, part of my brain was like, how did, how did he get in a sewer? Like, it <laughs> doesn't, doesn't make any sense. Like, how did right. he get there? And I thought about it and I labored over it and I, I found a location. I found a sewer we could put Michael in, you know, and, but that would take time. You got to lift the thing out and get him in there. Fire department comes to help you. And, <laughs> and, and I go to Clyde, I go, Clyde, this is just unrealistic. And he said, we're not making a documentary. Th- emotionally, this is the moment that he flashes back to his brother in the container. And it's, it's being in that space and seeing you know, and, and I was like, oh, you know what? He's right. The audience only knows what we show them and they're going to experience that. Mm-hmm. Some people are going to sit back and go, what? How do you get in the sewer? <laughs> I can't That's let us. that. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. I can't let that get in the way because ultimately, does it ruin it for you? No, no it's a journey. It's, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's a journey. So there are things that, um, and I can explain them because I am a logical person. And I want to talk about when I'm on set, I'm like, oh, I want to make sure at least I have a justification for, for this. Mm-hmm. So in, in these 10 episodes, there was quite a few of that, you know, and, and sometimes I wish I could teleport myself into somebody's living room when they have a question and be like, well, here's the answer. <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. Uh, and I, I also find, and looking at my own family, when people watch things, you know, I, I don't show my friends as I'm going uh, the episodes. I, I keep everything very close. I want them to experience it. And, and I get a, a more genuine reaction from people if I let them experience it like regular fans, right? right. Even though they, they, they could have access because they could peek over my shoulder. I don't let them. And, and I find that um, even people who love the show and I'm watching with them, something will happen and they'll look down. And then I'm like, dude, you just missed when he said, did you get him say that? <laughs> and it's the little tiny things. And I'm like, we build these things so delicately. They're so fragile. If you go back and watch and really just pay attention to the things you think are a problem, you might go, oh, I see. Yeah, I know. I see. I actually want I want to learn from the mistakes. So things like this, I'm like, I always embrace them. I want to hear like, great. You like it. You don't like it. Why? What did we do? What can I do better next time on my next show? You know, it's funny because I think that if I'm just binging a show, I would let some things slide. But you saying the sewer thing reminded me of an early Dexter episode this season um, when he kills the drug dealer, but actually has to fake his death and then gets out pretty quickly. I think that that felt frustrating as we were analyzing it because we dive so deep into this every inch. And that specific episode, he was also being kind of sloppy and just like parking out front and doing all these things. That's not necessarily anything that the writers missed. That's just Dexter killing somebody kind of not 10 years later because yeah. well 10 years later but also because of Harrison there's an emotional piece to it you know like a connection that he's just being kind of sloppy so i think that was one of the episodes where i was like i feel like if i were to listen to the episode back i was probably being like why didn't they show us this and well, what, how did he get know, out of that right. house? you're right Kathleen you're you're actually landing on one that we discussed uh i should post this page from the script the scene description, and it's only in a paragraph, right? Dexter's up there. He's about to kill uh, Jasper. Is it Jasper? I, I think that's his name. Um, he's about to, he's <laughs> about to kill him. And in the script, he hears a car pull up outside. He's in the attic of this mm-hmm. guy's house. He goes to the window and he looks and he sees he sees Logan and he's like, "Fuck, fucking mm-hmm. Logan." And then it says, it, "There's a, a line of description in the script that tells you he." Uh, Logan's there casing out the house and he's about to call for backup. Mm-hmm. Right. But there's no scene that tells you that. Right. 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 So um, if there was a scene that told you that, and sometimes look, we can't fit everything into an hour. So it's my responsibility. How do I execute this in, in the least confusing way? But, but the intention is he gets there. Dexter is like, fuck Alano, you know, Logan. And, <laughs> And then, I, you know, we cut away to something. I think we cut away to Angela's story. And then you come back and they're breaking into the house. Right, and right. Sitting. And in the script, it said, you think Dexter's going to be in the attic. Mm-hmm. But what happened was 
Dexter got out and everything you're seeing here is a flashback because then it cuts to Dexter in his truck. It's confusing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's confusing on the page, right? But when you read it, it, it's like, okay, I get this. Now I have to execute it. And trust me, Michael and I, we're the ones on set, like sometimes doing things and we look at each other like, do we need a line of voiceover here? Do we need something to kind of clean this up? So Kathleen, that frustration is justifiable. Like that particular uh, beat, I don't consider it as sloppy. I just know that it was complicated. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. And at the end of it, it's like, okay, you know, if some people glean the, the fact that maybe Dexter's like has superpowers and got out of there, like, <laughs> yeah, right. you know, um, I felt confident in the rest of the episode being strong enough that the journey is, is fine and you get over that bump. Right. So I get it. I totally get it. And that's, so, that's- yeah, I was going to say if that happened in a season one of a show, it would be more frustrating because we don't know that Dexter is a a sleuth. You know what I mean? He could get right, out of right, any situations. Right. We had eight seasons of him getting out of the tightest scrapes. You know what I mean? Right, so, right. so I think it, it was totally OK. And that goes all goes back to the episode by episode dissection when we're like, we got to talk through this stuff. Let's dig into it, you know, and you really start nitpicking. Mm-hmm. Um, if we were just sitting down and and not doing this, I think that that's not even something I would dwell on for more than a second. Like, it's sure. like, oh, but how did he get out of the sewer? Mm, OK, whatever. Or how do you get in the sewer? But yeah, definitely. Um, I, well, yeah, that, what this- you just said is the reason we let it go when you say, you know, it's yep. because there's eight seasons of it. And we're not yep. that we let it go, but we were like, OK, I think this. But trust me, I'm shooting it. I'm editing it. I'm putting it yeah. together. I can feel. I can feel sometimes what the audience might, you know, right. say. Um, but yeah, you, it, it's it, not flawless for sure. That particular beat, but um, I think the episode itself worked. Yes, and, and definitely. Had- I mean, I think the entire season worked. Yeah. I mean, we oh, yeah. were so happy to have Dexter back, and this season served its purpose 100% to give the show a conclusion that was justified. That was satisfying to me and Kathleen at least, but you know, to a lot of fans as well. Um, We spoke the entire, every episode saying how we enjoyed it. And to your point, we did say a few times that you just have to understand that certain things need to jump to certain conclusions because you only have 10 episodes and we've had eight seasons before that you know for example i think early on we said you know dexter's plan early in the season was how am i going to get rid of matt and then all of a sudden he's just like oh there's a fire to burn him in when he gets reminded of it seeing the sacrificial uh, it was for the deer correct yeah and and then we kind of said why didn't he think of that before but really it was a jump that you can understand during the journey because Mm -hmm. he he was reminded of it by being a part of that you know this the sacrificial fire and then it pops in his mind. He says fire and he goes and does it. But, you know, we did say at the time, like, oh, so he just goes and burns. And we wish he would have thought of that before because he had that time worrying about what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do with the body? You guys are good because <laughs> uh, that, for example, we had to you, you saying he thought of it when, um, you know, at the deer. The truth is he didn't. It's manufactured because we had we shot a scene where he thinks about where he gets the oh, idea. Okay, okay. Um, and then we had to cut it for time. 
And it came at the end of the bar scene when he's in there with everybody, the dancing scene. And then mm-hmm. Matt comes up to him and says, you should come to the party. And he's kind of a dick to him, right? Before he even killed him, there's a moment he leaves that. And um, I think what you saw was we ended it with revealing somebody's watching him, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I think if you go back, that's what it is. But before that beat, actually, we kind of cut it out of the middle was um, Dexter's walking to his car and he stops and he's trying to collect himself because this guy, Matt, was being an asshole and kind of pushing his buttons. Um, And he's kind of composing himself, abstaining as he has been. And he looks up and he sees the incinerator across the river and he sees smoke coming out of it. And we did this great push in on Dexter. And the thing about Michael is there's no other actor I've ever met that you can project a thought onto Mm-hmm. with just the look without any words and right he because he's like what do you what do you need me to do to sell the moment i was like nothing i want you just to look at the incinerator right you you see the big plume of smoke something is burning there i'm going to show the audience what it is and you're we're going to do a push in on you and your wheels are turning and the audience is going to be like what the fuck is he thinking mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. later when we realize what he did you're going to go ah that's what he was thinking you know? Right, and it and it worked. Right, uh, it just it, we were looking for ways to trim without taking story out, and like this can go. It's just fat. It's good, but I can't have the episode be an hour and fifteen minutes long. Sure, so you should have. And then yeah, should have. I know. I wish <laughs> we love any more time we can get. But yeah, yeah I mean that's why rewatch value is going to be phenomenal too for this season. Yes. Because we're trying specifically to cover episode by episode and not really look back as much or rewatch until the season's over. So now I'm very excited to do a rewatch just to catch a lot of these moments. Yeah. Yeah. There, look, like I said, it's very rare that we read something or somebody says something to us. We're like, shit, we missed it. We missed it. Right. Because we're doing what you're doing, we're just doing it on the page. And then when we're on set, uh, there's a million reasons why you can't film something, you know, just you run out of time, you, mm-hmm. whatever it is, a camera locks up and you lose 40 minutes. Um, it's freezing out. And right. <laughs> you know, right. <laughs> uh, so the, the mistakes that people call out, I appreciate them. I'm always looking, like I said, for ones that um, I'm like, Oh, you know, damn, we, we could have done better. But normally, I feel like I can justify them, whether people yeah. buy the justification or not. I can't do anything about that. But I feel yep. I can sleep at night. I can sleep <laughs> at night knowing that we thought about it. Right. Yeah. I mean, it is interesting. I, Kathleen, you're about to talk and I'm going to cut you off again. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like, hey, it, I'm I mean, always it, about to talk. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's it is very interesting t- to your point with all this, because a lot of people, whether it's the Facebook fan groups, the Reddit, we love all of them working with them collaborating with them, hearing all their thoughts, but they're casual watchers or maybe, you know, they're watching a million times, but at the same time, this is your life for however many months that you're working. So you would assume that if they catch it, you definitely have caught it while you're going through. Well, according to people, I'm an idiot, but uh, (laughs) sure. I I don't, it's okay. What I was going to say is I don't really think I actually got to say my opinion on the finale. So that's what I'm going to do for the season in general. I think the season did an amazing job really having me question Dexter for the first time. I was never rooting for Dokes or LaGuerta 
in previous seasons to catch him? Like never, of course not. Like you want Dex to, to get away with literally everything. Um, it's season did an amazing job having me root for Angela and I wasn't necessarily rooting for him to get caught or die, even though I kind of did want that in the finale. But for the first time I was okay with him being caught, which is awesome because I think thinking Dexter is this hero. He shouldn't get caught. He shouldn't die, is just wrong. I think. And it's easy to forget that sometimes because he's our protagonist, but he's really like an anti hero. I don't even know what you would call him, but he's a killer. Like even though he kills bad guys, there's such collateral damage and innocence as well. Like, I think when Harrison says, open your eyes and look at what you've done is is the moment where I think fully I was okay with him dying. And I don't know. I just think that anyone who thinks that him dying is bad is because they don't understand that he's really not this good of a guy. Like he broke the code so many times. And I think that we talked about this last episode, how in the beginning of the series in the original series, the code was it was kind of sold to you as kill bad guys who um, escape whatever jail. Escape you know what I mean? Like, yeah, the law. Right. right. And and then the code kind of like he ends up trying to like beat Deb and like where to to it. Like he's they're really trying he's to active, get these bad actively guys. Actively messing with the investigation so that he <laughs> exactly. can get them on the table. Right. Right. And um, I don't know. I just it took me watching it twice because, of course, at the end, I mean, you're listening to that national song, which is so gut wrenching at the very end. And you're just left feeling like, oh, no, like it's over. I mean, Dex is gone. It could always Michael Seale could always come back like in a Deb sense if there was a reboot or a or a. Well, that won't happen. I can put I, that well, right now. That's yeah, I was going to say that because the Michael C. Hall interview I read, he was like, if anything, this was the closure he needed for people to stop kind of asking him over. Yeah, and over no, it's not. I hate I first of all, I just want to say to everyone, to to your peeps who listen, <laughs> I came onto this thing not knowing what your opinions would be of the finale, right. uh, you know, and on the tail end of, of a lot of backlash. So part of me was like, look, whatever it is they feel, I'm going to listen and, and I'm going <laughs> to, you know, absorb it. Mm-hmm. and. And you have every right to, if you had turned around and said, like, the worst, man, how could you do that? <laughs> you know, then we'd have, I, I hopefully, a, a constructive debate about it. But um, I appreciate that that you guys feel the way you do, because that was the intention. It's right. sad. And as as you said, Jim, you know, nobody wants Dexter to die. Mm-hmm. I didn't want Dexter to die. I think the only person who really wanted to put Dexter Michael. down it was Michael. Michael. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and he has lived these 10 years since the finale with this thing where it doesn't feel resolved. I'm not happy. There's no other reason to come back, right? Right. And I mean, honestly, it was uh, Michael and Clyde called me in the same day separately to ask me to do the, the show. And when Clyde called me, my heart raced and I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I, I'd be honored. First of all, thank you for asking me. They could have asked anyone and um, I would be honored. And the first was like, how does Michael feel? And Clyde said, Michael wants this. He's excited. And then Michael called me and I could hear in his voice. He's like, he need, needed it. It's like he finally got the story delivered to him that he felt comfortable with. Anyway, I, I'm I'm sidetracking. Uh, I just wanted to say, because I, I don't want people to think I came on because you guys are saying what you're saying. And it, it was right, easy. Right, right. 
I genuinely was a little like, okay, I'm just going to take it. You yeah, know. exactly. <laughs> Good or bad. You. Thank you for coming on, Marcus. Really appreciate it, but you suck. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Not even personally to me, just if you Yeah, no, it. I know. I'm kidding. Yeah, but... <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I do have I was talking to Kathleen. There was a couple things that in my own mind I needed to think about, specifically the scene where Dexter comes back. Now, I, again, was expecting this type of conclusion, not that I could predict what the conclusion was specifically going right. to be. I figured it could be death. Harrison doing it was on the table, obviously didn't know how it was going to happen. But my thing that I really needed to come to terms with or at least think about and i was talking to kathleen before to get her opinion was dexter after he kills logan he runs to harrison he's getting everything you know set up they got to get the hell out of there right and harrison's there with the truck and dexter shows up with blood on his face and he's saying we got to get out of here harrison says you know whose blood is that and you find out it's logan and harrison saying whoa 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 and this is where the turn's coming now my only issue was that and I'd love to hear your opinion and your thoughts while this is happening is I would have liked if Dexter realized this a little bit before, like I was a little upset that Dexter was actually about to leave Harrison again, where Harrison says, I'm not coming. And Dexter was like, if you're not coming, I'm sorry, but I have to go. And I know it wasn't like uh, in a mean way. It was kind of just like, I can't get caught. I have to get out of here. And then it took Harrison cocking the gun at him and him turning around and Harrison explaining again you know like kathleen said open your eyes to have him say or have him realize you know what maybe it is better off kill me it was just the fact that he was about to leave harrison again that got me a little bit like i said i'm impressed with the way you guys dissect things because these are all things we talk about mm. and uh the, the the answer there was is really um sort of pedestrian because it was dramatic effect okay um, the experience of watching a scene like that, which, which went on the page was, was great, but even better when we kind of got there and worked on it and staged it. And there were moments that we changed. Uh, it used to be like in, your, in the draft that we, we showed up on set with, uh, the gun came up a lot earlier, mm -hmm. a lot earlier. Okay. Uh, There's actually another gunshot that we cut out. Harrison oh. shoots him first before Dexter gives him, tells him. Oh, okay. Wow. Here. And on the page, it was very poetic. It grazed his cheek. Okay. Oh, and right, right, with the it, slice. Okay, I yeah. like that. You know, when you work on something, look, it is hard to write these things. I give it Clyde and Scott and all the writers all the credit in the world because it's going to be scrutinized. And sometimes when something reads really well, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to execute well. Sure. Uh, and you find it. That's why, you know, that's why in what I do, there's rehearsal and there's massaging and there's, um, you know, actors need to find the moments and directors need to, to protect them. So as we were doing it, um, it might have been Michael that was like, it doesn't feel like Dexter's giving him permission, you know, mm -hmm. and I had justified that Dexter had already given him permission just in terms of some other lines that we had cut out. And we started talking about it. We started getting it down to the nitty gritty. To your point, um, when Dexter's like, I can't stay here, and he goes, mm -hmm. that was always on the page. But there was a conversation of like, is he going to go? And, and I forget who it was. It might have been Clyde who said to me, look, if we make that decision for Dexter happen earlier, you're, 
you're playing out the scene, like the audience isn't leaning in, right? There's a littlest moment where he goes to walk away where it's like, he's going to go. Like, that's mm -hmm. what you're just thinking. He's right, going to leave. Right. You don't know yet that the gun cock is coming, right? Mm -hmm. And then the gun cocks and he turns back. For those who are just casually watching, unlike you that might be dissecting, I think most people are just like, oh, fuck. He cocked the gut. You <laughs> right, know? right, right, right. So, exactly. So yeah. A part of it is, you know, we, we you, you do think about these things, but it, it was like what we felt worked. And I think if we had just, if he had made the decision earlier in the scene, it loses even just that little bit of suspense. Okay. Uh, and, and that's it. Every movie in the world does it, right? Sure. Every TV show. I never get upset with like people calling that out. I'm like, I get that, but mm -hmm. you're in the minority. Of, oh of yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, uh, we watched, or I specifically watched with my dad, and he is as casual as you can get when it comes to that stuff. He doesn't need to dissect. He enjoys the ride. He literally saw the trailer for Dexter New Blood, hadn't seen Dexter yet, and said, "Hey, can I watch this without watching Dexter?" And I said, "No, you have to watch Dexter." He binged Dexter in like three weeks, one through Insane. eight, loved it. His whole opinion, like when it when it's over and everyone was freaking out about the ending and this and that, his was just like, man, I, I, I wish Deb lived. And that was it. Like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. he, and with this same exact thing, you know, he didn't question anything. The gun cocks and he's just sitting there watching, being like, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen next? And that, you know, that's it. And I'm sitting there having to take my notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And look, that's that's totally fair. But, you know, that would be my, you know, my my, my explanation for yeah. that. It's not, it's not incredibly, you know, complicated. It's just I felt it. it's what worked for the scene. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I started to write a wish list. So I don't really like to do these types of things, but I only came up with one thing of, like ish. I said, like an angel confrontation with yeah. Dexter probably would have been the one thing that not that I was missing, but would have loved to have only because you have them in the episode, right? Like I just kind of wanted like besides Angela, someone to look at him in the eye and be who was there for the Bay Harbor butcher stuff to like feel the weight of it. Like, especially like you forget, I for, kind of forgot that Angel and Laguerta were married. Like he's like my <laughs> ex-wife. And then he said she died and everything. I don't know. Is this, that was a great moment. But if he if he got to, like, look Dex in the eye and have a conversation about that, I think that's kind of the only thing. Is there a reason why you didn't bring Angel to New York? I know it wasn't in New York, but I mean, like in the to confront uh, Dex. No, no. Um, I feel the exact same way. When those phone calls came to me to do it uh, and I said yes, the very next thing was I had 10 scripts in my inbox. Right. And I, I remember I was filming the finale of The Flight Attendant and I decided, okay, I'm, I'm going to go home and just read 500 pages of Dexter. <laughs> and, uh, and I did. I spent, you know, a bunch of hours just devouring this. And I remember when I got to episode six, when uh, Angel shows up, mm -hmm. I was like, oh my God, this is so good. You know, I... Angel, how is he going to fold into this? Because I'm, I'm reading it the way you're viewing it, right? I just, exactly. nobody told me anything and I'm just experiencing it. And, and then he's not in seven, he's not in eight. And I'm like, okay, was that it? Like, I'm just wondering. Mm -hmm. And then I get to, um, in episode, it's funny, there's a scene in episode eight 
at the end, right before the scene where Harrison hugs Dexter, you cut to Angela at home doing some sleuth work, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. That scene is from episode nine. Often you get into cutting and you're like, I need something to bridge this moment. And you, you know, you move things around because it's sure. we're telling a serialized story. So um, we tweaked it a little bit and we put it in episode eight. But when I read that scene in episode nine, I remember thinking she has to call Batista. Yes. We said that on the podcast, too. Yeah. You know, and, and I was like, oh, shit, she's going to call him because he said to her there was, you know, I remember a case, the Bay Harbor Butcher. Uh, and there's no way she's not going to call. Yes. I'm reading, right? Then uh, I'm enjoying the read, and I get to the, <laughs> I get to the finale, and um, as I'm reading, I'm turning the page. I'm like, all right, where is that going to happen? Where is it going to happen? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then she says to him, to Dexter in her office, and tomorrow, Batista's going to be here, and my heart sank when I read it. I'm like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is so good. And then I keep turning the pages and I'm moving and I'm moving. And then I find myself in the woods and I finished it. But I remember very clearly thinking at that moment, at some moment in that Dexter Harrison confrontation, as, as riveted as I was, I was like, there's no way Batista's showing up. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. And, um, so I feel you. I hear I hear exactly what you're saying. And I have no doubt that somewhere on the whiteboard in the writer's room, that was an option. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, again, it's real estate. You, you can't fit it in. And really, what does that scene look like? You know, with the exception of satisfying us as fans mm-hmm. to say, uh, oh, I would have loved to have seen <laughs> yeah. Yes. Moment, yes. Right. What does the scene look like? What does it really look like? You know, I can't believe you killed La Guerta, you piece of shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, he's not going to buddy up with Dexter, right? Mm-hmm. No. Dexter's no, no. going to be Dexter's going to be behind bars if that scene happens, uh, yeah. unless there's some other magical thing that goes on where he escapes and runs into him. You know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, um, I get it. At some point, I just wish the people who really, uh, uh, Kathleen, you make a good point, but you're not sitting here saying I'm so mad right. that, you know, it ruined it. Right. Me. The show sucks because yeah. he wasn't in it. Right. You know, <laughs> Yeah, I, because I just asked those people to just kind of really sit back and don't just say it would have been great. I'm like, sure. But what does it look like? It's right. Not sure. as, it's not as easy as that. And in my opinion, when it comes to the Batista situation, I was thinking about that last night, too, after watching. If we got to the point where Dexter has his confrontation with Batista, the ending wouldn't work because he's too far into the process of being caught. He wouldn't be able to break out, try to run away like Batista getting there the next morning and all this Bay Harbor butcher stuff coming out. He would be way under lockdown. There would be no time to have a situation where it's only him and Logan in the police station where he unfortunately kills Logan and breaks out. And then we get the scene with Harrison. That's the way I took it where, yes, it would have been phenomenal, but totally. to see it, we least, also have an entire, don't forget, we have an entire, a pretty massive uh, grave with women uh, in yes, coffin. Yeah, right. And- the, you know, the FBI is coming and the state troopers are coming. Yeah. Any longer, he's stuck. And to that's going to yeah. be happening in tandem with Dexter. 
uh, like, how do you how do you untangle all that? Right. And then the argument is, well, you could have elongated, made more episodes, or well, we didn't have that option. Yeah, that's like, not that, your decision, that, right? Yeah, that's not a that's not a thing. And to to go another season, you, you're going to prolong. The inevitable, yeah, no. right? Yeah. We, me and Kathleen said that as well. We were like, yeah. we just want the conclusion. We the don't closure. need a second season. We said it a million times. We love more Dexter, but yeah. we don't need another season just so it's elongated to see a couple extra scenes. Yeah, I really yeah. hate the, uh, the the people who say it's a money grab because, um, you know, I can't speak for Showtime, but never once did anyone come to me and say, like, here's the agenda. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it was always like we want to wrap this up, and we really love these scripts and the ten episodes. Yeah. Um, but there was never—I can say right now—and I, I don't think anybody would ever be mad at me. There was never an intention for a second season of this. Good. Sure, whether or not, sure. whether yeah. or not Harrison is a spinoff, again, not one single peep of that. That starts to come out as now. Right. Exactly. Like, mm-hmm. I want to see that, and and Jack was fantastic. He was casting, so good. Casting Harrison was really hard. I needed somebody that would go toe to toe with Michael and uh, this kid has it. Right. He does. But, he... but the world should know that like there was no agenda. Um, right. If, if there's a, if something comes out of it, it's going to come out of a good story that Clyde pitches. Uh, but I can, I can say with full conviction I have no part in anything beyond this. And right. Yeah. It never once in 120 days of filming did was out of conversation ever. And that's who I want writing and producing and directing my shows. Right. I don't want unless it's like, OK, I'm starting a show. We've got five seasons. I need the five seasons to flesh out to get my end game, And then we're done. Like, I don't want you to prolong it just for the money. That is like the bane of my existence is like even though there's some one season shows out there that are excellent, like Haunting of Hill House for like, if you could continue that, that would be nuts. Like, don't. Right. don't the Watchmen's, things like that. You, you get like, that great season. Don't mess with perfection. You right, know what I mean? Right. Like, don't try to milk it for more than what it is. You know what I mean? Make a perfect yeah. season. And everything and you mentioned, I, I agree with, you know, Watchmen is a perfect example. I loved it. Mm-hmm. And I wanted more. Right. But it's like, what is the what, what's more like, what's exactly the story? exactly you know, just because something's great doesn't mean it needs more like it's gets the ending and that's it like you just yeah, have to I've enjoy been, i've been on the other side of it i had a show with kevin bacon called the following yes i watched that as well yeah we finished uh the third season and we had a fourth season in our pocket and then fox canceled it right, right. like that's the ultimate frustration because it's like we actually have a story to tell you yeah know? And, and then it's like, well, not interested. You know, they had a regime change and it goes away. With something like this, it's like exactly what we intended it to be. And I'm proud of it. And that's all you can ask for, really. And that, and yeah. not that we know Michael personally, but if you're a fan of Dexter and you know the last 10 years, how much you've waited, you know, all the rumors and all the clickbaits of Dexter season nine or this and that. Michael has done so many interviews where he says, I'm done with Dexter. And then as like the years go on, he said, if there is something that makes it worth it and brings a conclusion, I will come back. And everyone should know that if he decided to come back, then he's happy with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he is. And I, I mean, I'm not going to speak for him. And right. I'm right. Sure that, I'm sure that like last time when he, 
I love Michael because he's not like a, a showy celebrity who wants to be out there and, uh, you know, he doesn't have an Instagram. Mm-hmm. He loves being in his band. He's a performer. He loves performing. He's a, an incredible human being who is very gifted. Um, but it's because he's comfortable with this. Right. And, and he's very happy. We're friends and I can't, I, I couldn't look him in the eye if he wasn't happy, you know? Yeah, right, it right. It would be awful. It would be the worst. I felt a tremendous sense of responsibility in making these episodes because I wanted, I wanted him to walk away feeling good, comfortable. Man, I Love miss that. it now. Yeah, well, <laughs> of course you <laughs> this do. Is our, I mean, I, we'll probably do a full season wrap up after this, but... Man, we will. We'll, it, we'll break it down. Yeah. Yeah. I Is mean, there anything and, else you guys, anything else you guys felt like oh, uh, yeah. a loose end that needed? Yeah. Kathleen has one. Yeah. We've got a big one. Affectionately known as oil daddy on the pod. What's his name? Ed. See, Ed? I love oil daddy. Yeah. I yeah, wish oil I, have, I wish I would have used that on set. <laughs> oil daddy is so good. Edward uh, Olson. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, you you had a daddy name for a few people. Matt uh, Daddy Matt for daddy. Kurt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was when we didn't really know either of them yet. And Kathleen was like, all right, you're oil daddy, you're Matt Daddy. There you go. <laughs> nice. I, I I love it. Um yeah, so oil daddy was always it from the first script I read was a red herring. Right. Mm. And, okay. uh, I think what people missed is when he flew off and left. Uh that was just our way of like, and when we reveal that it, it happens in the same episode where you reveal it's Kurt, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. And it's truly, look, when we started, the idea was to keep Clancy a secret. The hardest part about doing a show is in the world of social media is uh, everyone finds everything out and you, it's yep. really yeah. tough to keep a secret. And so, certainly one where you're going to have somebody on set all the time. Mm-hmm. So you know that if you have Clancy Brown, he's going to play a big character. And the idea at first was let's not reveal him as the big bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the story, as you're reading these things, it's like, oh, all right, we need a red herring. We need to think it's somebody else. It was a function of schedule because we shot this thing so out of whack. I wanted, um, like I wanted to do, I've done a couple of shows with Kevin Williamson. And I don't remember if you remember in Scream, Obviously, you killed Drew Barrymore. Yeah, it's our it's our literal <laughs> favorite. This is why we are best friends as siblings. We are obsessed with Scream. Yes. We can't wait to okay, see it on so, Thursday. <laughs> well, we have that in in, in common, you know. Yeah. And, and I <laughs> I've done three shows with Kevin, and we've become super tight. And I, I always look at the beginning of Scream as a perfect example of like it blew my mind that they killed the lead mm-hmm. or who I thought was the lead. Right. So I've used that in other things I've done. And part of me was like, we need the biggest name for oil daddy yeah. the possible, <laughs> yeah. uh, because it's going to make people go, Oh, it's this guy. You won't see Kurt coming. Right. We ultimately couldn't do that. And we didn't want to service too much of that story afterwards. It was just like, he's a big bad. He actually has that conversation with, with Angela and he kind of says his piece. He's like, look, these kids are going to say this about me. They think I'm this, but they're hypocrites. And all you people are hypocrites. And I'm going to continue to do my thing and still be a good person. And um, I'm a billionaire. Peace out. I'm out of yep. here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he served his purpose. I don't see it as a loose end because we didn't promise anything. Yeah, no. Yeah. Totally. 
we just set it up as a red herring and that's what he was. The fact that you're asking uh, to me means that was effective. There is a point where we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. And then I definitely missed the point where he kind of just left when he flew off. I didn't realize he was actually leaving, leaving, but yeah, you know, we got to the point where we're saying, all right, is he working with Kurt? Is he blackmailing Kurt? And then we're getting more information on Kurt. And then we're like, all right, this is Kurt. He's the big bad. And then we got to the point as it got to like six, seven, eight, we're like, if he comes back, if we'll cut that, it gets thrown in at the end. Now we're a little upset, you know? So it's <laughs> yeah. just, it was not, I guess a lot of people were upset just because they thought he was coming in, but I mean, I'm glad it got to a point and I was like, that's it. He can't come back or I'll be a little upset. Cause I just think it's a, it's a leap to have him not be in it for seven episodes and then be part of the big bad situation as a reveal in nine or 10. Totally. And as I think about it, and again, you have to forgive me because I'm, uh, I'm not watching the show now. I, you know, we finished it in August and I, I finished editing right before the holidays, but um, I don't know if it's still in there. There, there was a scene. You got to tell me because I'm totally blanking if it stayed uh, again, because we take stuff in and out. Um, after Harrison, what is the episode where Harrison leaves, where Kurt picks him up? Kurt and takes him to- right, right. It's six, right? Six it, or seven, yeah. Yeah, six, I think. It's not, I don't think it's it has to be six because I, yeah. I directed it. Right. But uh, in that episode, before he walks into uh, the diner at night and, and Matt Daddy picks him up, before that, uh, he was walking through town and he sees Audrey. And Audrey... The last time she saw him was at the party. He'd OD'd. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, my God, are you okay? Like, she, she knows he's okay because time has passed, but sure. he hasn't seen him. And he tells her, and she's like, where are you going? Do you need a ride? And he's like, no, I'm just makes up some line. Because his intention is to fuck off. To yeah, leave. he's out. Yep. And in that scene, helicopter comes flying over. And Audrey is the one who basically wraps it up. I think that might have gotten cut. Yeah, I think we would have caught that. I think for us, um, not going to lie, what gave it away to Kurt pretty early was those classic eyebrows. Yeah. like You know what I mean? I think that's what it was because we were like, I'm like, there's no way that's not Matt Daddy. Like, so, look at that face under yeah, that mask. This is what I want to say. Casual versus hardcore. Me and my dad sitting right next to each other. It's episode maybe what? Two or so when they show him in the ski mask. And I'm going, that's Clancy Brown. That's his eyebrows. And I'm like, <laughs> Dad, you love um all the you know movies, this and that. You know who he is. That That's him, right? And my dad just, I don't know. It could be, could be Oil Daddy. He didn't call him Oil Daddy. But he's like, I don't know. I, and he was taken by the part where right after you're seeing this person lock them in the cabin, yeah. CEO Oil Daddy is watching his tapes of his own house as somebody's coming in when, Ar- or I guess it's Angela coming in to talk to him. And that was where my dad was like, well, is that is it the same guy watching on the video camera? And there it is, casual versus hardcore fans, where yeah. I'm saying, you know what, that's Clancy Brown. But to the casual viewer, they waited for the reveal. Yeah, and that's the that look. It's a trope I've used. Um, we established that the girls are being filmed, and we saw a monitor. We know that somebody's watching. Saw the eyeball, right? Mm-hmm. And then Angela, the drone crashes, and she needs to go ask Oil Daddy to borrow his helicopter. Yep. So we were all like, you know what's perfect? She pulls up to a security gate. We see her on a monitor, and it's the same 
kind of security, you know, camera that Matt Daddy is right. watching the girls with, they're going to think it's the same place. Exactly. exactly. If, you, if you put the two scenes up next to each other, you'll see uh, it's on a different desk, on a different yep. computer. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's all different. But yeah, it's little things that we do just to kind of mm-hmm. lean into the red hair. You know, it's kind of thing where I didn't mind that if he was supposed to be a red herring, if I if we figured out that it was Kurt, Mad Daddy, I, I didn't mind. I was just excited to see where it went. I mean, he was an absolutely incredible big bad. Him yeah, going toe to toe with Dexter scenes with them sitting in the diner, just like having a conversation are absolutely epic. And the reveal of of the women was I said it in the last episode, I'm so weird. I thought they were we kept calling it ventriloquism yeah kathleen said joke, one mistake said that she said the wrong word of, um, yeah taxidermy but um i was like they're gonna be like set up in a school setting i don't know why i was thinking <laughs> yeah and i was like, like kathleen that, taxidermy yeah. they're in it you know <laughs> yeah and you, you i just thought that was such a good review i mean the the lights one by one just to show how deep those boxes go and then molly being the the last the one, one i whoo baby that's a good well, stuff and that's a again for dramatic effect. If you think about it, those are the kind of things where when I show up, like I've read it, and then when we're designing it, and I'm looking at these things, and my production designer shows me um, an idea of what the coffins are going to look like. My my first thing is like, this is just so unrealistic. How did he get them down there? Mm-hmm. How does he get them into that hole? Um, you know, that's actually down- funny. We didn't say that once. <laughs> No. They're gonna climb, but yeah. But just to, just to give, like, I do, yeah, I process right, right. All these things, and then I justify it with, like, okay, what we're not showing the audience is, you know, the loading ramp in the back, you know, that that exists, and um, how nobody has noticed, you know, that he's when he builds these things and puts it down here. How, how did he get the container, the shipping container, down here in the ground? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's nobody says anything because you're on a journey. And you enjoy yeah, it. Exactly. And, you want to and I and it's the same kind of thing with all these other little inconsistencies. There's always going to be something that um, is there because it tells the best story. And I understand when people call it out. I just don't understand when they say it ruined it for me. I'm like, yep. well, yeah. then you're not then you're not in it. Right. You know? then right. You're enjoying it. And that's fine, but we do. We think. We think about them. We we have the same thoughts and concerns that fans do. All right, guys. This is part one of our part two interview with executive producer and director Marco Siega. We will be dropping part two tomorrow so that you guys get your Dexter content as soon as possible. We have so much more coming in the discussion, like the episode nine kill room with Kurt going back in time to show an old school Dexter kill with Wiggles, the M99 versus ketamine debate. Jennifer Carpenter's return to the show, John Lithgow's cameo, and we read a few more of the concerns fans had about the finale. We can't thank Marcos enough for coming onto the podcast to chat with us, and we can't wait for you all to hear part two. We are Bingetown TV, and thank you so much for listening. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.